Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number 27. A Ghost in the Cart Barn. When I was in high school, I worked at a golf course. I was part of the outside staff. Sometimes they called us cart boys. And we were responsible for the golf carts. When someone would come to play golf, we would drive a golf cart out to their car, load their bag up, and hopefully they would give us a tip. That was our primary function. Then we had to clean the golf carts and plug them in to be charged at night. We were also responsible for picking the golf balls up off the driving range, things like that. We worked out of what was called the cart barn, and that's where all the golf carts were stored at night. And the cart barn was in the basement of the clubhouse. So there was this nice clubhouse with a restaurant and a pro shop. And then in the basement was this massive cart barn, and it had like a garage door. And that's where we drove the carts in and cleaned them or stored them. And then, you know, drove them back out when they were ready to use. You know, when you think of a golf course, they're trying to give off this air of refinement and, you know, wealth, I guess. The cart barn did not give that vibe off at all. It was dark and nasty and big. It could hold like 80 golf carts. So it was it was huge. I remember some people would refer to it as the dungeon. And it was a pretty fun place to work, actually. I met some of my friends that I still know today. So one day I was working with my friends, Adam and Josh. It was not a typical day. There was a golf tournament, like a corporate tournament. Instead of just getting out a few golf carts and giving them to people as they arrived, it meant that we had to get all of the golf carts out at once because everyone would be showing up at the same time. And then all of them would be teeing off just after sunrise. So we had to be ready very early much earlier than a normal day. And so we got there at about 3.30 in the morning. I think I was 17 when this happened. Josh was one year older than me, and Adam was a few years older. And it'll make sense why I'm saying this in a little bit, but I always felt safer around Adam because he wasn't really scared of anyone. Like, I remember one time a person just walked into the cart barn And I think if I had been alone, I would have been a little creeped out by it. This person was acting a little strange. But with Adam there, it wasn't a big deal at all. So we were there, 3.30 in the morning, to set up for this tournament. It was like the middle of the night, so it was still dark. And we had arrived before anyone else that worked there. And so in a situation like this, we did not have access to the clubhouse, to the upstairs, the pro shop, the restaurant. We only had access to the cart barn. Everything else was locked and there was an alarm and we could not get inside the upstairs until one of our bosses showed up. Usually it was the golf pro working in the golf shop. They would arrive around six and open that up. And once they opened that up, then we could go upstairs. But for now, it was just us in the cart barn. We opened up the garage and we started pulling out carts. And we had been doing it for maybe an hour and everything was going normally. But while we were down in the cart barn we all started to hear what sounded like someone walking around upstairs. We could hear footsteps. We'd hear doors opening. This wasn't that abnormal. The golf pro could have just arrived earlier than we expected, 
And typically, once someone opened up the upstairs, we like to go up there because the restaurant had an instant cappuccino machine, and we would all go get a cappuccino as soon as the upstairs was unlocked. So our first instinct is to walk upstairs and get a cappuccino. There's a door right there in the cart barn that leads upstairs. We open it, we walk up the stairs, and we try to open the door into the clubhouse, and it's locked. Usually, when someone arrives, they unlock that door, so that's strange. So we have to walk back down the steps into the cart barn, and then go out the garage door outside and around the building to the front door, the main entrance of the clubhouse. And, you know, it looked like the lights were still off. From what we could tell, there was no one in the clubhouse, which was weird, but we didn't really think anything of it. We just thought maybe we heard some, you know, building noises or something that we had mistaken for a person. So we walked back down through the garage door into the cart barn, We were about to pull up some more carts, and we're all standing just a few feet away from that door we just tried to walk through to go upstairs to get a cappuccino, and we hear this really loud, almost metallic bang from upstairs. It sounds like something really heavy has moved, and it immediately catches our attention and freaks us out. Then we hear someone running down the steps, like they're about to burst out of that door that we are standing right by, and this really scares us. Adam and I take off on foot. We run away through the garage door outside. Josh tries to jump in a golf cart and drive out really fast, but he's so freaked out, he crashes the golf cart into a column, and he jumps out and follows me and Adam outside. So we run back up into the parking lot, and we just check again to make sure no people are upstairs in the clubhouse. And there's not. There's nobody there. And we are very creeped out. Very frightened. We didn't know what to do other than go get in our cars and wait for the golf pro to get there. So that's what we did. We stopped pulling up golf carts. We piled into Adam's car. It wasn't funny. We were genuinely like unsettled. We didn't know what to do or what had happened. And we just kind of waited quietly in Adam's car until it got light and people started to show up. We immediately told the golf pro, who was our boss, what had happened when he showed up. He did look around, said there was nothing there, said the alarm was on when he got there, and basically just started making fun of us. And so we got back to work and and did our jobs, and, you know, we kept talking about it. And I don't know when someone mentioned that it might be a ghost, but at some point, somebody suggested that it was a ghost. I didn't really believe in ghosts at the time or know much about them. I don't think any of us did. Like, this was before all those ghost hunting shows were on TV and haunting shows. So I don't think it was something that we had talked about before, and we were like, maybe this was a ghost. And this experience really stuck with us. I mean, it was traumatic, and we didn't know what to do with that. And we kept talking about it in the days after it happened, and we decided to do some research and like look on the internet about ghosts. There were just like a few websites about ghost hunting, and there was a book called The Ghost Hunter's Bible that we ordered through the mail, and that is where we learned about EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. And the idea behind EVP is that sometimes when you're recording sound, it will pick up ghost voices, voices that you would not hear otherwise. Like if you're standing there, you wouldn't hear a voice, but then when you listen to a recording later, you could hear the voice. This was very interesting to us. I had this book, The Ghost Hunter's Bible, as I mentioned, and actually it had the author's email address in the book. So I emailed him and asked him what we should do. And, and he told us to get a tape recorder and, and go to the place where you think there's a ghost 
and just ask questions and record the whole time. You're asking questions and then later listen to the recording and see if there's any ghost voices on the recording. So that's what we did. We took it very seriously. One of the things this person that told us how to do EVP mentioned was, you know, make sure you don't whisper at all while you're recording. If you're going to say something, speak very clearly because you don't want your voice to be mistaken for a ghost voice later. That seemed like a great idea. So we had that discussion before we started recording. And one Saturday morning, without telling anybody at the golf course that we were going to do it, we showed up at about two in the morning and we went into the cart barn and we started recording with our tape recorder and we asked questions to what we thought might be the ghost that we heard that day. And uh, we asked questions like, why are you here? What is your name? What do you want? Just very basic questions you may ask a ghost. And it was really fun. I mean, we were taking it seriously, but this was fun. So I don't know how long we recorded, probably 20 minutes. Then we left. I think we went and sat in Adam's car and immediately listened to the tape. And for the first part of the tape, there's nothing. We ask a question and there's just, you know, noise, blank, white noise. And we're sitting there in the car getting more and more disappointed. Then, like halfway through the tape, somebody asks, is there anybody here? And you can very faintly hear what sounds like a voice say, I'm here. And that's, that's all we got on the tape. But that was a lot. We had a ghost responding to our question. We immediately played this tape for anyone that would listen to it. Um, I think we played it for every person that worked at the golf course. About half the people thought it was just us making a sound, but some people really did think it was a ghost, and we believed it was a ghost. Obviously, this is when I would like to play you the audio, but the tape no longer exists. Someone took it home and never brought it back. And the tape has never been seen again. We returned to the cart barn many times with our tape recorder and never recorded any more ghost voices. So where does that leave us? Was this a ghost? I've never really believed in ghosts. I did briefly during this time in my life, but like right now, I still don't believe in ghosts. Despite that, I have to say, I remember how... Seriously, we took not accidentally whispering. I do not think it was one of us intentionally saying, I'm here. And I don't think it was one of us like joking and then it got misinterpreted because that was just not the energy of the day. So I don't know what the voice was. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title of the podcast. Our theme music is by Mitchell Hardage. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. 
Thank you, and thanks for listening.